Before we get started, we wanted to tell you Ballman on Campus, an ESPN podcast hosted by Jay Billis, Lafonso Ellis, and Seth Greenberg is getting you ready for March Madness. These ESPN basketball personalities give you an all-access pass inside the world of college basketball, talking to the biggest names in the sport. Be sure to check out their special Selection Sunday episode that's Bald Men on Campus. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Also, NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, offers exclusive content Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Alongside Malika, there will be a full cast of NBA experts and insiders, including Kendrick Perkins, Chanea Gumake, Vince Carter, Zach Lowe, Woj, Ramona Shelbourne, and many of our NBA reporters from around the league. Get caught up with the latest from around the NBA on NBA Today on ESPN and the ESPN app. One app, one tap, and also available as a podcast. Listen to NBA Today wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to DC and RC. Uh, first of all, we still want to just send love to my boy Daniel Cormier. Um, and his family. Uh, we've talked a few times uh, the last week. DC is pushing through, um, you know, his kids, Miss Grandma. Obviously, he misses his mother uh, as well. Uh, DC is being a soldier. DC is being the leader of that family, just the same way he's been the leader in everything else in his life, uh, you know, from wrestling to the UFC now and also being an analyst. Uh, we send our love to him. Uh, we miss you, man. Can't wait for you to get back and take all the time you need. So since we don't have DC, they said, you know what, Ryan, we cannot make you come up and do this show all by yourself. Like you got to have somebody to do the show with. Nobody wants to listen to you just talk UFC and mixed martial arts by yourself. So I was like, well, shoot, who can we get? And I got a picture in my inbox uh, yesterday and it was one Chuck Liddell, the Hall of Famer, the Iceman, hit you from any angle you want him to hit you from. Just a true, true pro. And honestly, the dude that made me love mixed martial arts, the dude that made me fall in love with the UFC. I mean, I was watching it on Spike. So I just want to say thank you, Chuck, man, and welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Thank you. Yeah, so I, I got to tell this story, Chuck. It was, I want to say, 2015. I'm sitting at Houston's with my wife. Um and Jamie Foxx walks in and, you know, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, it's probably the coolest person I'm going to meet the whole day. Like, I just met Jamie Foxx and he knew who I was and it was dope. And so then Chuck Liddell walks in immediately. The hairs on the back of the hairs on my neck stand up because I'm nervous now because I'm like, man, you know, if Chuck just swings his hand walking, I'm going to sleep. And like any other fan, I run up to Chuck and I'm like, hey, bro, my, my favorite knockout was when you were fighting Tito and this and this. And he goes, and I was like, man, you was throwing punches from every angle. It was so many punches at one time. And though then Chuck goes, well, I wasn't hitting him. I wasn't trying to knock him out with every punch. So he's in front of me. Chuck, Chuck's in front of me showing me. He's going, see, like these, you know, that one, I wasn't trying to knock him out. Then I was like, pow, pow. And his hand and your hand, Chuck, is right here in front of my face. And I'm thinking to myself, is Chuck Liddell going to knock me out in front of my wife? You know what I mean? And, and to my wife, I'm a football player. Like, I'm a tough guy. And here I am going to be laid out in the parking lot of Houston and then going to wake up and not going to do anything about it. And so, like, you know, it, it was cool, man, to meet your your favorite fighter, the dude that got you in. 
not so cool to have him demonstrate how he knocked out one of his most bitter rivals. But I think that's why it's awesome to have you here. You know, you've been in fights like what Kobe and 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 Jorge Masvidal were in this week. Talk about some of the rivalries, man, that you had on your way to the Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, I don't know, man. Me and Gino, we didn't, we didn't get along at all. Yeah, well, it was just, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know their Kobe and Maswell's what exact, exact beefs are, but I know they don't like each other very much. Um, uh, yeah, but I, yeah, for me, it, it really it, it, best part about it for getting ready for a fight is it helped helps me get motivated for a fight. Like you know, I, I didn't have to wake up and get motivated to train for him. Mm. You know, I I was easy to get get up and get ready every day to train for, for Tito. Cause I, you know, I didn't want to give him an inch anywhere. And, uh, but you know, it, it was one of those, he, he's one of those fights where, you know, for me though, I, once I start fight starts, I'm, I'm a real calculated fighter. So I try, I try not to use emotion in my fight. So I'm not, so I'm not sure. I, I don't know how much emotion played in it for both those guys when they're fighting. I'm, I'm more of a technical fighter when I fight. Mm. You know, I try to leave emotion out of it because I think emotion clouds judgment. You know, you make you make you get mad, you get angry. You really want to, you know, you, you make some mistakes. Um, now in that fight, I think I was surprised or he didn't jump on top of him more when he had him hurt. I mean, Kobe finally was started backing up and was moving back, and he started coming at him and pushing him. I mean, if he, if he kept, you know, he, he got dropped. I mean, he was ready. I mean, he, he it was there. It was it was there for the taking at that point. Um, but Kobe did a good job of staying away and keep getting his wits back about him and then, and then coming in and not letting him uh, capitalize on that, 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 that catch. Yeah. So, and so Chuck, when, when you go back to that fight, you can see that the wrestling played a huge part in Kobe Covington beating Jorge Masvidal by decision. You fought Randy Couture. Uh, you guys had a, a great trilogy. When you think back to fighting Randy, how were you able to try to like neutralize some of his wrestling because you knew you had the advantage in the stand-up? Well, I, I, I mean, it was a lot of movement. You know, it's, it, I just not letting them get set and moving side, moving side to side. You know, and but it, it's also I, I had a good wrestling background. I was always I was never. I mean, I was a visual wrestler. I wasn't a mm. great wrestler. I mean. I was at the same time Randy did. I think he took second at nationals. I probably had a 50-50 record. Never got pinned. I wasn't getting tech tech. I wasn't getting um scored on a lot. So I I'm, I was a good scrambler. And I mean, I I'm getting I learned how to use the cage for a while. How to, but how to how to keep moving and stay off on the side. I mean, or he did some good, good stuff, but it, it, he was worn down. I mean, I think it was the pace of Colby yeah. and you know, I think uh because I think uh he just didn't have enough left in the gas tank when he had him hurt. You know, he just—it seemed like he I, he didn't jump on him enough for me. I mean, I—I I mean, I—I I, I saw you see someone get you hurt him like that. You got to finish him. You got that's your shot. You got—he's hurt and he was back. And he actually first he just started backing up because that's your shot. Like a lot of times when you, you get someone rocked, you, I know I, if I got you rocked, I got you back up. Or, you know, I know. Uh oh, I got you on him because I, I know I got to hit him hard. If I catch him, catch him more time, it's over. Yeah, but like you look at when when Jorge finally caught him in the fourth round, you could see the fatigue. You know, he, he his mind didn't click in to let me go finish this fight. He allowed Kobe to to get his wits back about himself, and eventually ends up ends up losing. When you think yeah. about that point, right before that, I said, I, "Man, I, I don't even know. I don't know if he can even hurt him if he catches him." And 
because uh, I thought he was because Jorge looked tired. And I, I didn't think I thought maybe if he catches him, it's not gonna. Oh, I'll be caught him. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, he still got the power. There it is. Let's go. We get him. You know, get going. But yeah. I thought uh, Kobe did a great job of recovering. Yeah, and that's always and that's always the thing. You know, I love to watch. You know, when you guys when you guys fight is it's not always how many punches or how hard you can throw punches. It's like how how hard of a punch can you take? And we saw Kobe recover. He kept the pace up. He, you know, he kept the pressure on. He continued to, to wrestle. When looking back on, on your career, when you think about fights that you love, the, the fights that always pop up in your mind where you feel like you were the best Chuck Liddell, what would those, what would those fights be? Oh man. I, you know, I, I, I look back at me, I, I mean, my, my Randy fight, if I had to pick one, you know, like my Randy fights, uh, the second second and third fight like that, you know, I, I saw what I, the mistakes I made in the first first fight. I, I was able to, we, uh, you know, I weren't looking at films for that fight. You know, I, I, after I lost that fight, I didn't look at films for, I, I didn't look at films so I was going to fight him again. Usually I watch right after I get home and kind of try to figure out what I need to do better. You win, lose, I'd still try to go in and look through them, but I, I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to watch that one. Not because I lost to Randy. I was so upset that I, I let Tito off the hook. Mm. Like, he fight me now. After all right. this trap. <laughs> and the reason Tito used to dodge me all the time was because when we trained together, I used to beat him up. Mm. Like, I, he didn't beat me in a straight wrestling match when we were, we're training wow. together. That was a, that's the thing. That's what, what scared him. Was like, he couldn't beat me in a straight wrestling match. He couldn't stay. If he started on top of me, he couldn't stay on top of me. Mm-hmm. And so... And then when we're striking, I, I drop him the body a lot. And I, you know, I, and I just, it just, he just wasn't able to do anything to me and stand up. So he's thinking in his head, well, I can't take him down when he's punching me. Um, and even if I do, he, I can't keep him down. What am right. I going to do? You know, like, so, uh, you know, he, it, it was, you know, training for, he, he just didn't want to fight me. But that was I, the biggest thing I didn't want, I didn't want to let. Randy, I thought I let him off the hook, so I didn't want. I was yeah. so I didn't watch the fight. When I watched the fight, I I figure out a few things I could could do a little better, and but you know, guys, I got this. We're gonna do this, mm. and so I have to look back. And that's one of the things I come back coming back from that loss. And it, gets, and it was the first time Randy been knocked out, and he fought some yeah. great strikers, you know, and uh, you know, knocking him out. And then coming back, if I have to go again, the second one, just because proving it wasn't a fluke. Yeah. My, or the third fight, the second knockout, uh, proving that wasn't a fluke. Man, I think that's the, the the great thing about you know rivalries, rivalries. The great things about having animosity when you talk about guys like Tito. But when you have those feuds and there's so much build up to the fight, and you mentioned earlier that you know Jorge was fatigued. How much does that fatigue play a part in the way that you attack the fighter and what does it change about you, especially a guy that's a striker? Um, well, it, well, the fatigue with strikers, especially if you if you get tired, a lot of times they just don't have enough. I see everyone's like, man, if you slam one punch, they have one punch, but they got, they haven't got anything left in the punches. Mm-hmm. It's my thing. I I wanted to be like for my strength and conditioning. I always what the goal was to be in good enough shape to be able to knock someone out. Uh, it, with 30 seconds left in the fifth round, okay. you know, I want to be able to get, have you beat me for, cause if you beat me for four straight rounds and then four and a half minutes of, of the fifth round and I knock you out, 
all anyone's going to remember is I knocked you out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Four rounds, four rounds. All they remember is, oh, he knocked him out. You know, so I, but that's, that's a hard thing to do. That, cause that, having that explosive power over time is, is not easy. That's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a hard conditioning thing. And, and, and I, and I think, and I, I, I believe emotion and, and getting overly hyped and overly angry or whatever, um, does drain that, that energy. Did you have, did you ever have that though in fights where you got late into the fight and, and you felt like, and you, you were sort of fatigued and maybe saving things in the gas tank. Did you ever, were, were you ever in the fight where you could have caught a guy or you thought you had an opportunity, but fatigue didn't allow you to, you, you have you dealt with that before? I, I, I really, I don't think, I don't know that I, I noticed that that was it. Cause I, if I hurt somebody, I, I think for me, like if I see that in your eyes, I, I'm at my conditioning thing. It goes, it goes away. Like it's like, I'll, right. Like, uh, Almost a killer instinct. Yeah. That switch, like, oh, he's hurt. No. You know, there's that extra, extra tank. Oh, he's almost out. I can finish it. You know, and that, you know, that's one of those things like you can you can, you can read that in somebody like, oh, okay, he's tired. He, oh, he's tired or he's hurt. Now that all you have yeah. energy. Because I think the entire lot of times is more mental than, than it is physical. We keep talking about your career or I'm asking these questions, just well, shoot, because you're a freaking Hall of Famer. Uh, Khabib uh, Nurmagomedov was was selected to be in the UFC Hall of Fame this weekend. And looking back over his career, what are some of the things that stand out about Khabib? Because he was one of those guys that was here for a good time, not a long time, but did so much in his career so quickly. Yeah, I mean, he's just consistent, man. Like I, you know, I actually, even after that, jumping out over the ring, I thought that was. You know, I, I was not happy with him jumping over the ring and going right. after. The, I think he should have waited until he's in the back room and done it. But um, right. I'm not <laughs> the back room where nobody breaks it up. I wasn't against, I wasn't against him doing it. I just I think he should have waited until he got in the back room so no one broke it up. Man, or sort of, you know, and it didn't affect a bunch of fans, a bunch of people out in the in the in the thing. But it is what it is. Crossovers, and I and I, I think his uh, post fight speech actually saved him for me. Yeah, my, my dad's going to kick my ass when I get home. I'm like, well, all right, I like him. Right. <laughs> but yeah, how do you not like the guy? He's, he's, great. he's a great fighter, man. Yeah, when I, I you know, looking back at, at his career and, you know, kind of his ascension and watching him, you know, be a wrestler and also evolve to be a good enough striker where it was entertaining. He drops Connor in their match and eventually, you know, takes him down, gets his back, chokes him out. I think. Khabib was the fighter now that's ushered in. And obviously wrestling's always been the premier skill. You know, you yourself, you know, was a D1 wrestler. Wrestling's always been the premier skill in the UFC. But now because of the Khabib and now you have Chimaev and Makachev, a lot of these other people following suit. You know, I don't know if we'll ever see someone who was able to use that skill to be as dominant as him. And he definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. What was that moment like for you? when you were notified that you'd be in the UFC Hall of Fame or when you were inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame? You know, I, it's, a, it's a strange, you know, like for me, it's always been a strange kind of like honor, like, because I'm always like, I fought, I love fighting, I love what I did. Um, and I'm glad people appreciate it. And I'm glad people, uh, we, I get award, I, you know, get, I guess looking back, it's nice, nice to have that, you know, but I mean, I, you know, that's something for fans and, and other people to, say what how good you were 
I mean, I, right. I, mean, I did because I loved it. I, I had fun. Looking at the fighters of today, you know, obviously you get to go to a ton of UFC events. I hope Dana doesn't make you pay, man, because you're in the Hall of Fame. Uh, who are some of the fighters that you like to watch? <laughs> who are some of the fighters that you like to watch in today's game? Oh, um, I still fight this close to Sheriff. We got to yeah. remember him partner and he, he helped me through my career helped me improve on my career you know he's a great guy and he's a great guy he's one of the best best guys out there i mean i uh, i mean i like watching izzy fight you know i you yeah. know I, I don't know that i liked him until i actually hung out with him for a few days i really but i really liked the kid you know he's a good guy he he does some things that kind of reminds me of you sometimes you know some of the some of the awkward angles of the punches uh the the very precise striking yeah. and so i could definitely see that a very creative striker. That, that's fun. To, that's always fun to watch. Um, man, there's a, there's a lot of good guys out now. I mean, there's a lot of good fights. The thing that I always wonder about you guys is when you are a fighter. Like I know for me playing football, when I'm looking at, you know, safeties I like or football players I like, they kind of have things that I had. You know, they're extremely physical or they're really smart or they're guys, you know, who aren't scared to mix it up. When my, you're looking... My, my, I think it's always been it's always been guys that are the guys that want to want to try to finish fights. Yeah. And, I, and I'm a fan of all different of all elements of MMA. So like if you're a great jiu-jitsu guy and you're going for submissions and you're going, you're actually actively trying to submit a guy, you can I can watch you guys roll. I can watch them on, on you'd be on top of them going after them the whole time. Or you're right. ground actually down there, the wrestler just trying to get them down and pound them, you're trying to mm -hmm. trying to get and trying to hurt them. Um Obviously, strikers. I I, I I I like them. They go out. If you go, but then the end up. If you're going to stand up, guy, I don't want you just throwing score a few points and then they're running around. I right. like that. Like I try to work, take your time. Whatever you want to do, as long as you're as you're working towards a finish, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I like guys that like to fight. Like and and, and I'm and I'm a, like I said, I'm a fan of jiu-jitsu. I'm a fan of wrestling. I'm a fan, a fan of striking. So I, I it's just guys guys are out there trying to finish. Not guys are trying to. Just score enough points to win. Now, I, I'm not. I guess as a manager, uh, as, a, as a coach, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I remember telling guys, "Hey, look, do me a favor. When you take them down, score a few points before you go for, go for that submission. Because if you miss it and you roll on bottom, now you're gonna lose the round. You know, right. like at that good head, you're, you're being a coach trying to win, right? right. And like, I I love the guy that she tried and goes for the submission and rolls through and then goes and tries another submission. But yeah, right, I love those. those <laughs> He goes out there trying to knock the guy. And I, I love the guy that used to like, uh, God, I can't think of his name, Michael Moore. Like yep. the guy, you know, he had, he had so many straight fights and knockouts, right? Because he, he would go after, like, and it, but it cost him. He was, you know, when he fought Foreman, he got knocked out in the, in the last round, right? Uh, yeah. I think, tenth, or 10th round at least. Um, the last round, but it was because he was still trying to get that knockout. Still trying to get a knockout, right? Right, instead of running around. And, you know, but that that made me a fan. It's not, you know, well, I'm a fan of the guy just trying to still still trying to finish the fight. Probably they probably shouldn't be. They probably should be running around, not getting hit, and winning mm -hmm. the fight. But they're still trying to finish it. I'm. I'm that's you know, that makes a fan out of me. Well, listen, it was the way that you finished, and always went for the finish that made me a fan of yours. Thank you so much, man, for just spending some time with us. Uh, I am super grateful. This is one of those great moments for me where I realized, yeah. Like I get to do this show, but I'm still just a fan of men who could do amazing things inside the octagon, bro. So to the Hall of Famer, bro, we just really appreciate you coming on.
Um, th- thanks for having me, man. I mean, it's crazy, man. Like, I got to pinch myself sometimes doing this job. You know, we had Rashad Evans on last week. This week, I get to chop it up with Chuck Liddell. And my everyday co-host is Daniel Cormier. You know, for a dude like me, uh, this is just a dream come true. But since we don't have DC this week, we tweeted out, ask RC. I don't know what type of questions you guys sent. So Corporate Jake is going to come on and he's going to read some of your, your questions to me. And I'm going to answer them to the best of my ability in the favorite in my favorite RC way. And then I can't wait to see what you guys came up with. Corporate Jake, hit me. First one comes from Bob. Ask RC, who should McGregor first fight when he returns? Well, Conor McGregor keeps behaving like he's going to come back and get an opportunity to fight one of these guys that are fighting for the belt. He thinks he'll get Charles Oliveira. He thinks he'll get Justin Gaethje. Somebody I'd like to see him fight, obviously he has a fight upcoming, is Michael Chandler. You know, I would love for Michael Chandler, especially if he beats Tony Ferguson, to get an opportunity to fight Conor McGregor. That's a fight we know that's going to be explosive. Michael Chandler had one of the fights of the year against Justin Gaethje um, in Madison Square Garden. And I think that's something Conor needs is something that's exciting, something that's fun with a guy that's beatable, that's not at the top of the sport, that, that, that that's not a champion. Obviously, he fought Charles Oliveira and he beat him through the first round, gets knocked out in the second. He has the war with Justin Gaethje. He's a dude that's respected, a dude that the UFC has put a ton of promotions behind, obviously a ton of money behind. And it gives you the exciting fight that you need. Or to me, you come back and you go up to 170. You go up to 170 and you get an opportunity to fight a guy like a Kobe Covington. Like who wouldn't tune in for that pre-fight? Kobe Covington is a dude that we know isn't going to get another shot at Kamaru Usman as long as he's the king. And so you set that fight up. That will be pay-per-view box office. It will be fun. Now, everyone will be scared that we'll see much of what we saw with Jorge Masvidal, who's a smaller 170 pounder. A lot of takedowns, a lot of wrestling and kind of neutralized Connor's, you know, Connor's stand up attack. But I still believe that would be a fight that people would be excited to see. All right. Next one for you from the happy champ. Do you think the winner of Hamzat Shemaev and Gilbert Burns should be the number one contender for Kamara's welterweight title? Well, I think I think you can't just keep overlooking Leon Edwards. I mean, this dude has put his time in and he's fought his way back from losing to Kamaru Usman years ago to put himself in this position. It's the reason he didn't take fights against Jorge Masvidal. It's the reason that he hasn't taken some of these lesser fights because he realized he's put himself in position to fight the champ. So I believe Leon Edwards is that guy. After Leon Edwards, I believe that Hamzat Chimaev, if he wins, should be the number one contender. I don't know if it means the same thing for Gilbert Burns, because we remember that Gilbert Burns was knocked out by Kamaru Usman after actually having a really good start against the champ. But I believe that everybody looks at Chimaev as the next thing. And I believe that's the reason he pushed so hard to get a guy like Gilbert Burns, a guy who is a championship contender, a guy who is a top five welterweight, because it gives him an opportunity to show that he could compete at that level. And I think everybody wants him to be there. 
right? Dana White wants him to be there. The UFC wants him to be there. The UFC fans are behind this guy 100%. And we've seen Kamaru Usman run through this division already. And so if Chemaev wins, it gives you somebody exciting in there, gives you someone new in there. And whether or not he has the skill to take down the champ, we don't know. But we've seen the champ fight so many of these guys already that we're just getting repeats and recycles. All right, one more for you, RC. Uh, this comes from Patrick Walsh. What are your top five most exciting fighters of all time? I think number one for me will always be Anderson Silva. Uh, the, the the way that he was able to, to strike, the way that he was able uh, to defend with, with, without even looking at guys sometimes with, with your hands down in a sport where one second can change your entire life. Anderson Silva, to me, was just the most exciting guy doing it. Um, and number two, I think it, it's hard to, to talk about the fight game and not talk about John Jones. Uh, John Jones was exciting. John Jones was athletic. John Jones was explosive. And the thing that I always loved about him was he could beat people at their own game. Um, and he's really robbed himself of that GOAT status with some of the things he's done away from the octagon. But the one thing we can't take from him is seeing that exciting young, young 20 year old guy get into the fight game and totally turn it on his head while becoming a champion and reigning at that championship level for so long. Uh, Jose Aldo is another guy for me. I think right now we watch Jose as he's kind of rebuilding his career at a lower weight class and we forget what he was. You know, we forget the explosion in his hands. We forget the the the, the violent nature of his leg kicks, kicks and kind of some of that like explosive right now. Let's attack. Let's end the fight. Um, spectacular uh, finishing power that he had or finishing ability that he had. And, and you know, it's kind of sad that when guys fight a little past their prime, you know, you forget these things. I think another one for me is Max Holloway. Uh, when you watch Max Holloway fight, you know that every time he steps into the octagon, there's an opportunity for the the, the, the strikes uh, attempted and the strikes landed record to be broken. Uh, what he was able to do against Calvin uh, Qatar, what we saw him do against Brian Ortega, his two fights uh, with Volk. You know, I just think that when he steps into, into the octagon, we know what we're going to get. We know what we're going to see. Um, and it's never, never a dull moment. And I think another one for me has to be Amanda Nunes. You know, the, the, the women's side of this sport is extremely new as compared to the men. But when Amanda Nunes went on her run and whether it was Holly Holm, uh, Ronda Rousey, uh, Cyborg, whenever she got in there, you knew what was happening. You knew that it was going to be fast. <laughs> it was going to be quick. It was going to be powerful and it was going to be dominant. And I was always excited to see that. So I'm very excited to see what happens when she gets another opportunity against Juliana Pena. Do we see the same lioness that we all fell in love with? Or is that run of her being one of the more exciting or most exciting fighters we've ever seen over? RC, are we going to have to bring Chuck Liddell back in here since he didn't make your top five list? No, please. Listen, please don't bring Chuck back. Uh, as I was going through it, Chuck kept popping up in my head, but I went with some with some other guys. And now, since you said that, I'm hoping that he 
doesn't watch this far into the show, especially after he gave me the, the Tito knockout special special in front of Houston. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So that, that, that's all the questions we got. Um, how about we do some tap in, tap out? Let's tap in, tap out, Jake, since you're my co-host today, brother. All right. So this past Saturday, 272, Greg Hardy lost what was his last fight on his UFC contract. So, RC, tap in or tap out on Hardy being done in the UFC? I tap in on him being done. He can go fight in another organization. Uh, but we've seen so many fighters start out with promise. Uh Obviously, none having the name that Greg Hardy has. But when you look at his last two fights, he's basically fought around four minutes, three and a half minutes. Um, both of those have been explosive TKO knockouts by punches. And when you are a guy fighting for your career, when you are a guy fighting for your contract, you can't let that be the last two things that the UFC has seen from you. I think having that crossover ability from football or, or having, you know, that, that having played another sport before, I believe people are already skeptical about your commitment to the UFC, your commitment to MMA, and also your ability and talent to do that. And so when you get knocked out in explosive fashion, as he has in these last two fights, I believe it's done for Greg Hardy. Next one. Kayla Harrison has officially re-signed with the PFL after testing free agency for, for a couple of months. RC, tap in or tap out that PFL was the right choice at the in the end for Kayla? Um, I tap out uh, for, for this reason. The UFC is the queen and the kingmaker. The UFC is, is the big pay-per-views. The UFC has the other, <clears throat> excuse me, the other big names. And though Kayla Harrison has built herself up in PFL and, you know, through her career even previously, it's, it's not the same. Right. People don't people don't who are outsiders. Right. Or who are just fans of the sport don't constantly tap in, per se, to watch PFL. They may tune in to see Kayla Harrison, but not necessarily be interested in the rest of the card. Whereas even on a night like this weekend where Jorge Masvidal is fighting you know, you, you have you have the RDAs, you have the, the Mitchells, you have all of these other names that you're tuning in that the UFC has made household names, even if they aren't champions. And I don't think PFL has that draw. Um, you know, I listened to something that she was saying recently, and she talked about where Ronda Rousey was, right, and, and who she became. And even now, the, the weight that her name carries, her name carries that weight because of the UFC. Her, her name carries that weight because of the power of the promotion and the, the promotion they put behind the individual. And I just don't know if PFL will ever make her that household name. Will we love to see her dominance? Will we love to see her fight? Will fights will we know every time it goes to the ground, you can cancel Christmas? Absolutely. But as far as mainstream goes, I feel like if you're not in the UFC, it's so much harder to become that household name. All right, next one. Um, so obviously last week with uh, Moicano stepping in on late notice to RDA, uh, Islam Makachev put his name in the, in the hat for that. Uh, however, Dana White said that Islam turned the fight down and due to that, he has to now fight Darius next when Darius gets healthy rather than being next in line for a title shot. So tap in or tap out RC on, on Islam versus Darius happening rather than Islam being next for the Gaethje Oliveira winner. I tap in. I tap in. Uh, 
I tap in on that even entering uh, the Benil Darius fight, which was canceled and he was replaced by Bobby Green. That was that fight was supposed to show us if Islam Makachev was ready to fight the champion. That fight was supposed to show us that he could beat a top five guy. Uh, you know, up until now, the, the most impressive win is the quick finish of Dan Hooker. But even that was on short notice. And so Benil uh, Dariush was supposed to give us the deepest glimpse into what Islam Makachev looked like when challenged by a top level fighter. And I think RDA would have done that as well. Now, I don't necessarily believe he should be punished for not taking the RDA fight, right? For, for, for fighting a guy, obviously after you have a full training camp, Bobby Green was, you know, was basically practice as well, but I don't, I don't think he should be docked for not having that fight, but he needed that fight to prove that the champ was next. And so I think Dana White still feels that way that you need that fight against Dariush to show the world, to show the UFC, to show the winner of Oliveira Gaethje that you are the next guy. Um, and I believe that he'll understand that. He may not like it, you know, because now it puts you in a situation where you have to win over an extremely tough opponent that is on a roll. But I think this is his way to earn that title shot. And if he beats Benil Dariush, then it's not even a question. All right, one more for you, RC. Uh, so next weekend uh, is the NCAA Wrestling Championships. And our guy, DC, has been yes. tapped to be on commentary. So tap in or tap out on DC being on commentary for the NCAA Wrestling Championships. Listen, I, I, I tap one. I 100% tap in uh, with everything that he's done as an Olympian, as a, a college wrestler, and now in the pro fighting world, in, in mixed martial arts, and in the UFC, uh, being double champ, uh, champion of the light heavyweights, champion of the heavyweights, which makes him the baddest man in the world. And then now the way that he's transitioned into the analyst world, DC is one of the best doing it. Not only is he informational, not only is he educational, but he's fun and he's entertaining. And like, not even because he's my dog, like he's likable. And so to have a guy uh, like Daniel Cormier announce or analyze or commentate do color uh, for the NCAAs is kind of like a no brainer to me, Jake. Like, it's like, well, who else would do it? And if you can get DC, why wouldn't you want him to do it? You know, like if you can get LeBron James to, to, to be a commentator in the NBA once he's done or to do the NCAAs, you immediately jump on it. That's the level of athlete DC is in the, the wrestling world. That's the level of athlete he is in the world of mixed martial arts. And it's also how talented he is as an analyst. And so this makes me excited to watch because I know I don't know what the hell is going on, but I know DC can explain it. And I know he can make me enjoy listening to him explain it, which honestly is the biggest part of our jobs. That's about it, guys. Um, you know, it's been fun. I, I enjoyed having a corporate Jake as a co-host for a little bit. I also enjoyed Chuck Liddell and listening to the Hall of Famer talk about his fighting career, but also the fighting career of Hall of Famer Khabib Namorgamedov and some Kobe Covington, Jorge Masvidal. I wish you guys could have heard him once we got off the screen and had an opportunity to talk as well. I think... You know, as we continue to do this show, I hope I continue to grow. But what these last two weeks have shown me is that we need Daniel Cormier. 
the NCAAs would be better for having him, but we were always better for having him. Can't wait for him to come back. We love you, DC. This is DC and RC, man. We'll see y'all next week.